Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. In the spotlight on Money FM 89.3. Well, in the spotlight today, the events taking place in Afghanistan. In fact, what is going on in Afghanistan and what's going to happen next? That's what many of us are asking as we saw events unfold right before our eyes on live TV on Sunday when the Taliban captured Kabul and the president left all while helicopters can be seen in the background ferrying, well, what we now know as U.S. embassy employees being brought to the airport. In fact, there was even a lot of chaos uh, at the airport, uh, videos I saw at least this morning as well with people uh, trying to get on to uh, get out uh, onto the planes at the airport. Joining us now is the BBC's Rich Preston for more of what's happening uh, in Afghanistan and for the rest of the world, for that matter. Good uh, morning to you, Rich. Hi, hi good, uh, good afternoon to you, Timothy. Yeah, it's uh, really quite distressing stuff we're seeing in Afghanistan. Um, several people have been killed at the airport um, as hundreds of people desperate to get on planes leaving the country. We've seen footage of people clinging to the side of U.S. Air Force planes as they've been trying to take off. Uh, horrible footage of people who've hung on to uh, parts of a plane and have then dropped out of the sky as the plane has taken off, obviously. Um, really quite distressing. The German Air Force is sending a second plane to help evacuate its citizens from mm. the country and its embassy staff. Uh, the U.S. embassy, as you said, has been evacuated. Joe Biden uh, is going to face tough questions. He's not actually made any public spoken statement. He's, he made a written statement over the weekend standing by his decision uh, to pull U.S. troops out of the country in the manner that he has. There have been protests outside of the White House. But really, the week ahead um, is going to be crucial for Afghanistan. We're going to be watching closely how the Taliban uh, decide they're going to manage the country. They've said they want a peaceful transition of power. Whether that happens, we'll wait to see. They've said that it won't be the strict Sharia law that they governed the country under before. Well, whether that comes to pass, we'll wait and see. They've said mm. women and girls will be able to continue in education. Whether that happens, we'll have to see. Russia and China um, are going to play a role here undoubtedly. China says it's willing to develop a relationship with the Taliban. Russia said its ambassador to Kabul would be meeting the Taliban on Tuesday. So potentially some pressure from these big outside players in the absence of countries like the US and the UK might help keep uh, Afghanistan relatively stable. But again, we're going to have to wait and see. In the meantime, media in the country has been taken over. Mm -hmm. The evening bulletin last night was cut short uh, so that a spokesperson for the Taliban could come in and read a statement. Uh, and this morning's news bulletins, which are normally hosted by a female news anchor, those did not happen. And instead, uh, a pre-recorded talk show was aired instead, which was hosted by a male presenter, uh, along with a pro-Taliban guest. So that's what we're watching in the moment I in guess, Afghanistan. Rich, what a lot of people are wondering now is how did it happen so fast? Yeah, and that really is the big question. I was anchoring BBC World News TV over the weekend mm -hmm. when the city of Jalalabad fell. And that was 
aside from Kabul, the last major city which the government had held control of. And even that seemed to come around quickly. I mean, you know, in just a week, they took city after city after city, key border towns, uh, key economic points. Then they took Jalalabad, which is relatively close to the capital, Kabul. Mm -hmm. And at that point, we were saying, you know, is it days before they take Kabul? As it turned out, it, it was, was hours. Days. It was just hours. Exactly, hours. And everyone I spoke to said, the reason this happened so quickly is simple. They have had 20 years to prepare. Mm-hmm. The U.S. has always said we're not going to be in Afghanistan forever. And experts say that as soon as President uh, Biden put a date on it, we are going to be out by the anniversary of 9-11. Well, that's your moment then. And all the Taliban had to do was wait in the wings, as it were, and gear up for that. There's a lot of finger pointing, of course, in the U.S. It was Biden, it was Trump, it was beyond that. But bottom line is, uh, is the world going to be a more dangerous place today than it was yesterday? It's a really good question, Timothy. And the honest answer is nobody knows. I mean, Afghanistan was seen as this hotbed for radicalization, which led to 9-11. You know, it was where the militants trained who took down those planes on September the 11th, um, prompting the U.S. invasion. And the general kind of widespread accepted theory is that under the Taliban, uh, Afghanistan will once again potentially be a safe haven for Mm -hmm. groups like al-Qaeda, Islamic State, from where they can plot further attacks against the West. Um, It's why I mentioned countries like Russia and China. You know, they they weren't as involved 20 years ago, but now uh, there really is a place for them to step in if they decide to. um, And potentially, you know, Afghanistan's a relatively mineral-rich country. You know, it's close to Russia, so Russia's got interests there. Mm -hmm. Um, Russia and China can decide that they want to get involved, use their economic power, use their military power, and potentially help keep Afghanistan relatively stable. But, I mean, unfortunately, you can look in the crystal ball as much as you like, but we'll just have to wait and see what happens. All right, Rich. We're talking to Rich Preston, presenter at the BBC. Let's move on, Rich. On Wednesday, an issue around immigrants causing tensions in the eastern part of Europe and has resulted in at least one country proposing building a huge border fence. What is happening there? Yeah, this is an issue between Belarus, which Mm -hmm. is not a member of the European Union, and its neighbours, Lithuania and Latvia, which are. Now, they accuse Belarus of uh, using migration as a political tool. Now, 4,000 migrants have entered Lithuania from Belarus so far this year, compared to just 74 in the whole of 2020. Now, the EU currently has sanctions in place on Belarus, and Lithuania and Latvia say that Belarus is orchestrating this influx of migrants in order to put pressure on the European Union to ease those sanctions. Now, Belarus denies this, of course. Uh, Nonetheless, Lithuania's parliament uh, has approved plans to build a border fence uh, to keep migrants out. Sounds familiar, you know, reminiscent of the Trump administration. Uh, Latvia has declared a state of emergency on its border with Belarus. It has authorized the use of force to push uh, migrants back. Belarus says they won't take the migrants back, so these poor people are kind of stuck in the middle. So European ministers are meeting on Wednesday. Uh, they're going to inspect the border you know, with Belarus um, to see what can be done. Um, tough negotiating ahead. In the meantime, as I say, these poor people are in the middle of this political game. So that's what's happening on Wednesday. All right, moving on to uh, North America's situation there with uh, hearings to conclude in Canada in the case 
that has uh, developed a lot of tension between, well, the U.S. and China, U.S.-Canada and China, in fact. Uh, what is happening there looking at that? Yeah, this is a bit of a business story, so I'm interested to your audience. I'm sure they may remember the case of Meng Wanzhou. Uh, she's the Chinese mm. uh, telecoms exec from Huawei. She was detained in Canada back in 2018 on an extradition warrant from the United States. She's been held in house arrest since then. The U.S. accuses her of fraud for misleading bank HSBC about Huawei's business dealings with Iran. Of course, the U.S. has sanctions on Iran, so can't be dealing with them. Now, her lawyers say that uh, this is political. Uh, and that it came at a time of heightened tension between the US and China. Donald Trump was in power and that she was used uh, as a kind of political pawn. Uh, so it stoked tensions between the US and China. Canada's got pulled into it as well because of the arrest. Uh, and so two Canadians have been arrested in China. Mm-hmm. Beijing says that happens on national security grounds, but Canada says these were revenge arrests and that they're being used as bargaining chips. Um, this has been in court over the last couple of weeks with lawyers battling it out over the arrest and whether that was lawful, whether she will be extradited uh, and those hearings conclude on Friday so we're going to have to wait and see what the judge says, it may be that she gets extradited to the US, that will annoy China (laughs) it may be that she gets released to China, that will annoy the US in the meantime, as I say, she's still under house arrest. These Canadians are under lock and key in China. Right. Uh, so this will all unravel on Friday. One last thing in Canada. So uh, Justin Trudeau, the prime minister, called for a snap election. And just to quote one of the opposition parties, the NDP's Jagmeet Singh, saying they want to win an election that they didn't want to contest anyway. So is the election a little bit premature to call at this point? Two Possibly, years into the last Trude- election. Yeah, ju- indeed. Yeah, Justin Trudeau. Uh, ratings have dropped slightly. There was some criticism of his handling of the pandemic, slightly slow with the vaccines. Um, so it may be that he's looking to secure his tenure for another few years, hence calling this election. Um, but it's, it's, as you say, two years ahead. Um, strange to call it. Um, we're going to have to see what happens, aren't we? Well, we'll see what happens there. Thank you very much, uh, Rich, for joining us here. Rich Preston joining us from the BBC with the latest in what's happening around the world. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.